Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, Foothills, what is going on? I literally cannot believe that it is December 31st. 2023 is gone. Whatever you had planned to accomplish, your time's up. This is the end of the year, but tomorrow starts a new year, so you have a new chapter, and uh, we're we're getting to celebrate today as we look back at 2023. I mean, we got some new chapters we're going to talk about in just a moment coming in 2024, but in 2023, God did amazing things. A year ago, we were still dreaming about launching Pendleton. And now we're about to celebrate next Sunday, our one-year anniversary at our Pendleton campus. And then we were dreaming about what it would look like to start having services in Espanol. And we've been having services periodically throughout the year, but we're leading up to next week, having our first official launch of Foothills Espanol. And while, while we're getting ready for another year, it's important that we look back because, guys, we've seen... 144 baptisms in 2023. I don't think Foothills heard that. 144 (laughs) baptisms. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so um, I want to read Psalm 107 says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. First off, every single story that's happened this year, all the glory and credit goes to Jesus. All the glory and credit goes to him. But it is important that we stop and we remember some of these stories because every single one of those numbers comes with a story of life change. And so we want to just share a glimpse of a few of the stories with you guys from the campuses so that you can know the impact that you are making Our vision, Foothills, is to help people find and follow Jesus. And we want you to know you are doing that right now. We're going to celebrate it, and we're going to look ahead. So, Joseph, tell us us some some story from Pendleton, man, from this last year. Yeah, man, guys, this past year has been incredible. It's been amazing to see what God's done. We've been blown away. Mm -hmm. We've been blown away. But, man, I I can't go. It goes without saying, like, I have to tell you this story. It's from our very first baptism there in Pendleton High School, we're setting up the holy horse trough, all these things. We've got, I think, one person on the list. It's like, well, they're going to get baptized. And then that morning, two other people come forward and like, we're in, we're ready. So we got three people. All right, it's going to be awesome, man. We're going to celebrate those three people. Kevin, you actually got to come and be part of the service that day. And it was just an awesome day. I think it's maybe our third Sunday there. Yeah. And at the end of the service, it's like, all right, well, you know, If you'd like to take that next step, you know, today you can make that step. And we baptized those three people. We're celebrating. And uh, I turned to to you to kind of close out the service. And and I think you turned to the band and you're like, is that it, guys? And everybody says, well, wait, there's one more. (laughs) But nobody knows who it is. We're all like, what's going on? Who is it? What's going on? What's happening? And we all just kind of look back towards the back of the auditorium there in Pendleton High School. And we see Juniper, who is part of our launch team, come 
not just walking down the aisle, but running down the aisle so excited to be baptized that morning. Man, it was a powerful, powerful moment. And I'll, I'll never forget, this is the funny part too. Her husband was running, Anthony was running the iPad to film baptism. And my wife runs to him, Rebecca runs to him and says, Anthony, you, you go baptize your wife. And he's holding the iPad and he says, wait, what? Yes, your wife. And he's like, I think he almost dropped the iPad in the, in the baptism tank. It was incredible. But man, what a what a moment of celebration that, hey, we don't know where people are, That's right. but we embrace wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And wherever you're at and whatever step you take, we're going to celebrate that and we're going to walk with you. That's man, right. it was such an amazing day. Awesome. And since then, we've Total this year have seen 20 baptisms at Let's Pendleton. Go. It's been incredible to see what God's going to do. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do through this next year. It's awesome. been amazing. That's awesome. awesome. All right, Ramfus, tell us about it. Foothills Espanol. Man, I, I, for me, the, the, the whole year, it's one big story. Um, it, it, it's been amazing. I, I was thinking about, I just celebrated my first year at, at Foothills. And uh, I was thinking about the first time I, I visited I remember I called for a meeting and uh, five of our people, five of our Spanish speaking people from Foothills um, showed up. And that weekend happened to be the Hispanic Heritage Celebration. So we invited two couples that we had just met, but they they were connected right away and they said, we gotta be there to to help you. And uh, so we were nine people just talking about, dreaming about the possibility of us coming down. And from the moment we got here, meeting people, being part of the community, Hearing, hearing what the Hispanic community, uh, how the Hispanic community feels being welcomed at Foothills, seeing our, our English-speaking church with the Spanish-speaking people just integrating into one big church. It's been an amazing thing. But specifically, we, I, re, I remember helping. We found out that there was a, a Colombian family who needed some help. They had just gotten here. They needed some help. We didn't know much about it. But we gather around them, we help them in everything they needed. And one specific service where we're doing baptisms and uh, uh, we had two people baptizing, actually one of them was the Colombian uh, wife, the the mother um, was being baptized. And uh, we're almost done when, when I see, I look back and I see some talk and some move around and they sign me and tell me we got one more. And, and uh, I'm trying to figure out who, that, who that, that is because it was sitting on a specific area and I remember seeing the faces. And when all of a sudden I see the young man, uh, uh, Johan, coming out ready for to be baptized. What it's amazing about this young man is that w- the first day I met him, you can tell that there was a special calling on his life, that, that, that God has something that, that wants to do in his life but his path was not aligned to biblical principles. Mm-hmm. And, and that first conversation, I, I left the conversation with such a burden, uh, thinking, man, this young man just got to a new country, doesn't know the language. How is he gonna adapt? How is he gonna respond to it? Uh, I, I have a lot of experience with Hispanics struggling to trying to adapt and, and the choices that they make in, in that. And to see this young man coming with his eyes full of tear, with decision, uh, a decisive face, you know, those faces when they look and I know what I'm doing and this yes. is something I have to do right now. And, and we were able to baptize him and uh, it, it was an amazing celebration. And for me, it's been a great blessing. Interesting enough, he stayed very close to all of us. He's completely active in church. To, to, so to see what God has done in his life mm-hmm. from the moment I met him, 
to to being baptized and being part of the church. It's been it's been amazing. Amen, it's been amazing. dude. That's so awesome. And so our Seneca campus, we we had a really cool story um, on our worship night when we had our worship night. It was that in November, right? Mm-hmm. We had our worship night. There's there's this uh, this this guy that's been coming named Noel. He's been invited by a few people in the church, and he's walking through some stuff in his life and single dad at the moment. And he we, he he came forward for prayer a few weeks before the worship night. We gave him a Bible, been talking to him, but on the worship night you know, we gave an opportunity for people to receive Jesus. And um, after the service, we're just out in the concourse and everybody's, you know, all the campuses are there that night. You guys are there. The concourse is is hopping. Everybody's just, kids are everywhere. People are hanging out. And all of a sudden, Noel walks up to me, and he's got he's got his three kids with him. They're hanging off of him, you know. it's This is past the witching hour. I mean, this is late at night, right, for, for kids. And he looks at me, and he goes, I'm ready. And I was like, what do you mean? You're ready. Mm-hmm. And he goes, to receive Jesus. And I was like, right now? Right here? He's like, yes, right here. I mean, tears are streaming down this guy's face in the middle of chaos in, in, our, in our concourse. I was like, let's do it right now. So we prayed, and I'll never forget uh, Suzanne Landreth catches what's going on, comes over, swoops in and helps with his kids for a moment while he's praying to receive Jesus right there in that moment. And I'm just thinking about this while we're sharing, you guys. All of these moments, they were after what we were looking. They were like, there was a, there was a moment where we were expecting God to move and God moved after the math uh-huh. when we didn't uh-huh. expect it. When we That's didn't good. expect it, Juniper comes running down the aisle. When we didn't expect it, Johan um, <laughs> you know, comes forward with decisiveness. When we didn't expect it in the concourse, Noel says, I'm ready. And so I don't, I don't know, I'm just like, I'm thinking, guys, what is it in your life that you were expecting God to move here, but maybe maybe God's plan is still coming? Don't lose hope today. I don't know if there's a friend or a family member in your life, and you've, you've, you've had moments where you're expecting, today's the day I've been praying for, I've been waiting for. Don't lose hope. Take hope from the stories that we just shared that maybe maybe what's happening in those moments of expectation is God's just planting the seed, and it's up to, it's, it's up to God to allow that to grow and and that story to come to fruition at the right time. And so, man, we're expecting right. next week that God's gonna move at all of our campuses, but our, our role is to plant those seeds. And so what I wanna do is as a church, I wanna pray over Foothills Espanol's launch, Foothills Pendleton's one year anniversary, and just another year for Foothills Seneca that God would move in our midst, that he would move in our lives and our families. And then after we pray, um, uh, the, the, these guys are going to come up and share a devo at each of the campuses. So they'll, they'll be up there uh, to kind of share a personal devo uh, more for you as you kick into this year. So we, you guys want to pray? Let's Amen. jump in. God, we love you and we give you, we give you all the glory for what is happening in our midst. God, we thank you for the stories that we just shared. And we thank you, God, that um, that's just three. That's just three of the stories. God, we would need a lot longer than this one hour service to be able to share. We'd need a lot longer than even just one full day to be able to share all the stories. And that's just the ones tied to baptism. God, we know that there's stories happening in every environment in our church right now. God, that there were stories happening in our kids' ministries. God, in our student ministry. God, in different small groups in our church and different places where people were serving. God, we know stories were happening outside of the walls when you took us outside of the walls this year to 
serve. God, we thank you for the stories that are happening. And God, as we prepare uh, for next week's celebrations, I pray just a simple prayer. Would you do it again? God, would you do it again? Would you move again in mighty ways? Would you bring more people uh, to Jesus to, to salvation. God, we pray that you would draw lost people. We pray that you would put it on our hearts as a church to invite people in to experience you. God, I pray that we would be bold in, in, in bringing people with us to come and see what you are doing, Jesus. And so we pray. We, we pray with thanksgiving for what you've done in 2023 in our church, but we pray, we pray with hope for what you're going to do in 2024. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Foothills. Buenos dias. Ah, oh, come on. How many of you are excited about an unpredictable God? God that will, will not stop at surprising you time and time again. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to hold myself down, back a little, okay? Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny watching myself like sitting down without saying a word. It's like the, the first time ever in my life that, that, that I do that. But, but it, it went well. It went well. I, I, I did well. You know, it, it, last week I actually had an opportunity. Somebody came up to me and uh, apparently she found out that, uh, that I was speaking today. And uh, so she came up to me and said, uh, I heard you preaching on Sunday. And I said, well, not necessarily preaching. I just want to share some biblical thoughts about how to enter the new year. And, and, and she goes, I, I was telling my husband, if this guy gets excited about announcements, imagine about sharing the word of God. <laughs> but here's the, she walks away. Like, what, do I say sorry? Do I say thank you? got me really confused for a second so so let me take advantage and say for those that that think i'm too much i'm too loud i'm sorry i have a good heart good intentions and for those that love the that i love speaking about the word of god then thank you thank you but uh i i i, I truly i truly do uh, ever since i'm little i i, I have a a passion for the Word of God. I truly enjoy the Word of God. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I not only love what I read, but I love what, what's hidden behind it, the, the treasures of wisdom that is behind a word. And, and, and especially when you find the, the revelations that are through simple words. I, I get excited when I'm reading the Old Testament and I still see Jesus in the Old Testament and and when I hear the prophets speaking and and they're speaking about a Jesus that, that they do not know but I do know so I get excited about the Word of God I'm telling you and and one of the things that I love it's how the Bible starts you know we're, we're ending 2023 we're about to start in 2024 and I find so much wisdom on how the Bible starts because it allows me to to look at the, uh, uh, at the way creation is, is described and see some things that God does, see some actions or decisions that he makes that allows me to understand God in a deeper way and apply it to my life, understanding who God is. Would you allow me to share with you some of those thoughts? Is it okay? So when, when you go into the Word of God, Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and right there, because you see, 
I love the fact that the writer writes and says, I'm about to speak at the beginning, but I'm about to speak about the beginning. I want to take you to the beginning of all so you could understand what happened in the beginning even before you were created. And I love the fact that it actually establishes that the first thing that God does is create. I love even more the fact that God creates uh, uh, something for us as humans to enjoy. Some of you may know that after that verse, he speaks a little bit about how the earth was a mess. And then we see him in, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, that three little words that for me are extremely important. Then God said, hear me out, God sees a mess and he speaks. God sees a mess and he speaks. I already preached, you missed it. Because I love a God that is not intimidated by a mess. You see, he could have created the man and put him inside of the mess, but God says, no, 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 no. You're going to have to wait a little because there is a mess here that I need to fix even before you get here. Because you see, I love a God that sees something out of place that is messy and is not intimidated, but is actually encouraged to create. You see, that's why, I, I love it because that's why he wasn't intimidated to deal with such a mess as the people of Israel. But when I see that, I also get encouraged because he could deal with my mess. You see, you may see me now all good looking and, and being in place, but I didn't get that joke. But, <laughs> but you see, there was a time in my life where my life was a mess. And I love the fact that God looked at me and said, boy, you are messy, but I'm not intimidated by it. I will do what you need me to do even before you know that you need. Yes. I'm sorry if I get excited, but I serve a God that is excited about dealing with messes. So if your life is a mess, hang around. I got a word for you. But I love the fact that God actually says, you know what, there is a mess, but I'm about to put everything in order, and I will do it with my words. Somebody needs to understand there is nothing that will ever happen without God's word. The weight of our Christianity has to be based on God's word. Everything we do, we got to understand that it is God's word that starts everything. And I love it because he spoke and the light was created. And day and night were separated. He spoke and the waters from the heavens separated from the waters of the earth. And the space in between was called the sky. He spoke and all the plants were created. The big ones and the small ones. He spoke and all the trees. You see, just that excites me. Because when he spoke, all the trees were created, the big ones, the small ones, the one with flowers and the one with fruits, the one with, with purple, the one with orange, the one with... All of that was created when he spoke. The God I serve spoke, and the, the sea was filled with fish, and the heavens and the skies were filled with birds. The God spoke, and there were animals all over, the wild animals, the livestock, everything was created. So he spoke spoke and everything was put in place but then 
He says, what I'm about to create now cannot just be spoken. Because I want a relationship with my creation. You see, God could have said the words and the man would have been created at a moment. God could have just spoken and all the, 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 the humanity that we know as would have been created. But the Bible says that he actually formed it with dust with his own hands. You see, it seems to me like at that moment when everything looked good, he had created everything that the man will ever need to be able to enjoy his peace and his joy. Now he's about to create and he starts forming out of the dust the man that he's about to be pouring himself in. And he says, I'm going to create it from the dust. And look what the Bible says and the way he the Bible describes this moment. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. You see, instead of speaking, he was molding. This is not a time to speak because what God wanted to do was create an intimacy between the creator and the creation. And not only he formed them with his own hands, but he breathed breath of life into his nostrils. And I love that moment. Hear me out for a second. I love that moment because at that moment, the intimacy is created. Now the God that created everything, it's in you. Now, now he is in you from the moment of creation to every day of your life. Wherever you go, God is because his spirit would, because his breath created you and you are living because he lives. You are living because at that moment God says, I will put myself in you and wherever you go, I will be with you. So, so. I, it gets me excited to think that God at that moment establishes a creation so personal, an intimacy so personal. And I love the way King David breaks it down. No one understood this better than King David. King David says in Psalm 139, 13, You made me all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together. In my mother's womb. Do you, do you catch what the way King David sees it? King David doesn't see something, the creation as something impersonal that God just decided to do on his own. God, David says, you little part, every single inch of my body, you created it inside of my mother's womb. And then he goes on in verse 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Did you hear that? He was not even born yet. He's still in his mother's womb. But King David says, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can even count them. They outnumber 
the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. What a relationship King David understands that moment of creation is. And maybe someone here today, before the year end, needs to shout that to yourself and say, you were created inch by... Let's practice that for a second. I was created inch by inch by God's hands. Because sometimes you need to shout it to yourself and understand that you are not just here because your mother and your father got together and you were born. Much less were you a mistake because your parents were not planning for you to be here. The Bible shows you, you were chosen. You were created inch by inch. You, God, had chosen to be intimate with you and be present in your life from the moment you were created. And that has to get excited some people here today. Because my God was the one who formed me. Can you imagine that moment for a second? Can, can, you, can you picture with me your mother's womb? And there is his hands forming you, knitting you together. Not the pastors, not the evangelists, not the prophets, not the mission. You forming you in his mother womb. And I love that because it establishes the relationship that God wanted between the man and himself. And God established that moment of intimacy when he created Adam. And he does it with us also. Let me tell you what Genesis 1.28 says. Because after God created him, he gave him a specific command. Then God blessed him and said, be fruitful. Say it with me. Be fruitful. Come on. Say it like you really mean it. Be fruitful. And multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. I have done everything, God says. I put everything in place that you needed. I created you with special attention. But now... It's your turn. God says, I'm done. I did my job. Now you need to go and be fruitful. I love it because he puts a responsibility on the man that is a special one. You see, God didn't ask the man, fix the mess. He fixed it for him even before he was created. God didn't say, save yourself. He just said, be fruitful. And I know some of you are ready to enter 2024, and, and, and I, I, I tell you, you heard me say some of you are ready. Some of us are not, but that's okay. But I know that you're looking for something to do different in your life. And let me tell you, in my opinion, everything starts with understanding why God created you and the way to stay connected with Him. Listen, when you look at this, I love it because as we sit here waiting for 2024, for me it's extremely important that you understand. You got to enter 24, 24, the year of 24, understanding that God created you to have an intimacy with Him. There is a purpose in your life. But then you also need to understand that, that you got to be fruitful 
in order to connect to God's original plan for your life. And I love it because as we enter 2024, we don't need to be afraid of what's going to happen in 2024, of all the battles that we're going to face in 2024, because God has already gone to 2024, and he's present in 2024, because he's, God is above and beyond time. So he already lives in 2024, and whatever mess I face in 2024, I need to trust the fact that God is in control, and he will provide the victory that I will need, because he already established the victory before the battle began. Uh, oh, so, 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 so somebody needs to hear this. Listen, whatever it is that you encounter in 2024, I don't need to walk into the year with fear. I don't need to be afraid because the victory was established before the battle began. You, you see, some of us grew up watching wrestling, no? Yeah. Um, I, I, I heard Pastor Joseph preach a, a couple of a few months ago about how he wanted to be a wrestler. And I know all of the men in the house were like, <clears throat> I'm not saying anything, but me too, right? But, uh, but how many of you remember the years of Hulk Hogan? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just uh, dated ourselves, but that's okay. Um, uh, but listen, we would see Hulk Hogan fighting everyone. And he would actually face all kind of opponents. And, and sometimes they would slap him and, and grab him and throw him and kick him. And, and sometimes he, he would be losing, but we would be relaxed, right? Because we knew that at one point... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he would be all beat up, punched and smacked, and, but we knew that at one point he would actually recover the strength. So we would go and start yelling, yes, yes, it's coming, yes, yes. You see, we trusted the fact that Hulk Hogan would win because Hulk Hogan didn't lose. Why would we not trust the Jesus that do not why would we not trust the God that there is no way he could lose whatever battle I face in 2024? Don't worry. I may be struggling right now, but my God will never lose. So as God is in 2024, let me share with you how to remain and be fruitful. Jesus himself explains it very well. In John 15, 3 to 5, he says, You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Are you ready to hear this? Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit those that remain in me the, the, can we can we can we be real for 30 seconds you see religion tells you that you got to go through so much and, and different processes and and different penalties and, and and i don't even know what else but the Bible, Jesus himself says, listen, the only thing you have to do in order to, create, to bear some fruit is remain in me. Remain connected to me and I will do the rest because I don't lose. Because staying in me 
will automatically produce fruit. And I truly believe, I want to share with you before you go, three things, three easy things on how to remain connected, remain in God. Number one, read the word daily. Listen, when you hear that, it's like, we're too busy. I don't, I don't have an hour to read. You don't need an hour to read. There, there's some apps like, like Bible Recap and, and some others that go around that tells you, you all you got to do is read 10 to 15 minutes a day. Imagine dating your wife or your girlfriend the way you date Jesus. She would have left you. Yeah. <laughs> Spend some time in his word learning about it. You will never serve a God that you don't know anything about. Number two. Pray constantly. That's another one that religion tells you. You got to be on your knees and pray for two or three hours, and that's awesome. You could do that. Praise the Lord. But you see, prayer is talking to God. Talking is something you do on your, on your, in your car. No, when, whenever you got a long drive or you're on your way to work, you call somebody, sometimes your wife, sometimes your mother, sometimes your brother. Would you call on God? Just take some minutes and, and talk to him. You know, wherever you are, if you're watching TV, pause it for 30 seconds and talk to him. If you're playing with your kids, talk to him. If you're doing anything with your wife and you're, you, you, whenever you're showering, what an awesome moment to pray and talk to God. Because I don't need a religion step. All I need to do is have a relationship with God. And then number three, build community. You will never grow by yourself. Christianity was not created for Lone Rangers. Christians need to be together. And as you heard Pastor Sharon, we're starting our groups January 14th. What a great opportunity for you to start. Three steps, easy steps you could do to stay connected with God in 2024. And let me tell you, everything starts with a decision. Just making a decision to say, you know what? I've lived enough the way I live. I want to change my life. And what a great opportunity to make that decision today. The last day of the year where you could say that was my old me. But my new me is going to walk in 2024. And maybe, maybe you're comfortable where you are. Or maybe you could accept that you're struggling and you need something different in your life. Today could be a great day by taking those three steps. But the first thing you have to do it's acknowledge where you are and make a decision for Jesus. Uh, last night, I, I experienced something I want to share with you. And then I'll let you go. My wife and I tend to sleep uh, in a very cold house. You know? Might be her choice, you know? We're in the 50s, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but we sleep in a... <laughs> We still, okay, people, she's going to kill me. Um, we sleep in a very cold house. So we get two thick blankets, and we all sleep with, we both uh, sleep with thick blankets. And I get so cold because I don't have her problem <laughs> that I usually grab two. And if young people do not understand, ask your parents, you know. But hear me out. I take two blankets, and I put it on top of one another. And I cover myself, so it's a cold house, but I'm very warm. 
my grandkids are visiting me from, from Minnesota. And one of them is only eight months old. So we decided to actually raise the heater just to make sure that he was comfortable. So I brought one blanket and threw it on the floor. And I stayed with one blanket, but I left the other one close enough where if I needed it, I would grab it. Can I tell you something? All night, I was freezing. Freezing. And I would wake up so cold. But I thought, man, no. If I get up, grab the blanket, put it on top of me, by the time I do that, my sleep is going to go away and I'm not going to be able to sleep. All night, I probably woke up seven times and thought the same thing. I need the blanket, but I, it's going to wake me up. So at one point in the night, I decide, you know what, this is silly. I've been waking up every so often because I'm cold. So let me get up and grab the blanket. When I look the clock, in 19 minutes, I need to get up. I know you're laughing at me, but some of you are doing the same thing. You're comfortable in your pain. You're comfortable in your situation. And you're looking at serving Jesus as a huge burden. I would need to make so many decisions. I would need to change so much. But I'm here to tell you, you're wasting your night, you're wasting your life because you will be much better with Jesus as your blanket, warm all night, be able to sleep and rest. So, I want to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. And would you make a decision? Would you decide on Jesus today? On the God that wanted intimacy with you? On the God that created you to be close to you. On the God that says the only thing you need to do is remain in me. And if you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today might be a good time. And you could do it by simply repeating something like this. Father God, I am a sinner. I ask for forgiveness for my sin. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. Send your spirit to abide in me. And I will serve you forever. In Jesus' name.